Edwards pulls off and buries a three to get the Devils the lane for the first time. History in the making. It's over. Number one goes down in Tempe. Plummer in trouble, steps away, cuts free, breaks loose, five, touchdown, Sun Devils. Woo! The snake does it again. This team won't die. You can cut a snake's head off, but he continues to live. Hey everyone, welcome back to a long-awaited episode of Sparky Talk, your ASU podcast made by Devil fans for Devil fans. My name is Avery Vitone. I'm joined by my good friend Caleb Rayley on the phone. Um, since it is quarantine time, we're uh, inside our own houses, can't meet up. But hey, we got phones, we can do this over, over the line, which is a good thing, because Caleb... We got some stuff to talk about, and uh, let's jump right into it and talk about the big uh, commitment we got last night. Uh, yeah, like, I, so I was going insane last night um, because I, 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 so I started following Josh Christopher, who, of course, is a five-star prospect that we have been recruiting. And, yeah, recruiting heavily, yep. And he's, I believe, the number 10 player in the country on the ESPN 100. Yep. Yeah. Number 10. And, uh, yeah, we were in his top five schools and I, I honestly thought we would just come up short because I don't know, I think part of it is just the inner Arizona sports fan in me where, you know, we always end up being like a runner up in a lot of things. So I, I did fully expect Michigan to get Josh Christopher their fans were so confident in it that I was like I don't know if they know something I don't but Michigan was a heavy favorite to land Josh Christopher I know we had made a lot of ground but Michigan was still the favorite and so so I had I followed him I turned his tweet notifications on and they said he's gonna announce at 824 I'm sitting there 824 refreshing his page nothing comes up and then I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just not announcing it. And then like a minute later, it comes through because it was a video. So I'm sure it just took like a minute yeah. to upload. And I don't <laughs> think he calculated how long it would take when he clicked tweet. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, the video comes through and it's like a whole minute long. And I'm seeing highlights of him in like a gold jersey. And I'm like, oh no. So I keep skipping through. Then I skip towards the end. Then I see him in an, in an Arizona State jersey. And then the forks up pops up. And I about chucked my phone across the room i went insane um because like this is probably i don't want to say it's the biggest thing in arizona state sports history necessarily but it is like one of the as far as basketball goes it is like one of the biggest days in recent years um it is we already landed marcus bagley who was upgraded from four star to five star so that was one five star guy that we had coming in and now we have Josh Christopher. So we're talking two five-star recruits, and then we just landed a really good JUCO transfer. But I don't think he's—I don't think he's yeah. playing till next year, or like till the year after. Correct. Him. Yeah, he's—he's he's not eligible this year, but we—we'll get him in 2021. Yeah, but I mean, just like it was a big hit to lose Romello and Remy, possibly, possibly because they declared for the draft. But with how it is now, unless they sign an agent, basically, they could come back to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. I think they're just they're testing the market. And I'm sure at least one of the two will see that the market is not as good as maybe they hoped it would be. Um, 
all due respect to both guys. They're great ball players, great college ball players. I don't see them being great NBA players as of right now. Uh, unless something drastically changes in their games, I don't see them being great NBA players right now. So I do, and I think that most NBA scouts would agree on that. So I think that it is very likely either one or both Remy and Romello come back. Uh, but I even if both left, we just landed two five-star <laughs> prospects. Yeah. I mean, the, the, again, like, I, I keep pulling up, like, historically um, ASU basketball's best recruits. And, you know, there, there's James Harden, there's Lou Dort, Tayshawn Cherry, Kamani Lawrence is number uh, seven all-time. Um, and, and I saw it's, like, four out of our top ten historically best recruiting. And, and I, don't, I don't know the year that we started, you know, um, recruits started getting stars and all that. But it's, it's been a good, good bit of time that four out of the 10 are going to be on the roster next year for us. I mean, that's, that's just insane to think about. I mean, you have Josh Christopher now, you know, five-star. You have Marcus Bagley coming in, another five-star. You'll have Tayshawn Cherry, now a junior. Um, he was, a, I believe, a, either a four- or five-star in his day um, when he was in high school. And then you have Kamani Lawrence, um, who again um, will be a senior this year, um, and was a was a high, highly touted four star guy, and that, and that the you know and that that leaves off um, the rest of the roster too, and, and we'll get you know Caleb, I want to get into that in a little bit, but first let, let's let's stick with with Christopher here, and I, and I have two questions for you. One is just how good of a player is this kid? He's <laughs> he's incredible. I mean, it's like. Um... I was trying. I, I don't even know how I would describe him because he has like some of the physical tools of like Lou Dort. He is crazy explosive. He's got insane bounce. He's uh, got he's got a good height, a good frame. Like he's pretty lengthy. He's a good shooter. His handles are fantastic. It's almost like if you combine Lou Dort and like one of the guard U players, maybe like Shannon Evans and Lou Dort as far as his Not guard skills go like he's got all that athleticism like he's got the like the physical uh attributes that you would want in like a star player but then he also has the skill that you would want in a star player this is a guy who would be you know i i I don't even know if this would be a stretch to say he would be a guy that would be playing would be starting on duke or kentucky next year and would be their best starter or one of their best starters as far as like his scoring goes he would be like the guy getting points for a team like duke or kentucky um hmm. like that's that that is like legitimately how good he is now it's almost impossible to evaluate defense for high school guys and that's where you know i i can't really i all i can do is speculate he's got physical tools to be a good defender i can't really say for sure that this high school player will be a great defender because a lot of, like, not just highlight reels you'll see, but just, like, a lot of uh, games that those guys play in are very exhibition-style games where defense is more of a commodity as opposed to a necessity. Like, guys defend, but they mainly just make, like, flashy plays. They'll block shots, which he – I've seen some pretty athletic blocks from him. They'll block shots. They'll get steals and stuff, but – um, you know, it's like they'll get a steal so they can get a dunk on the other end. Uh, you don't see as disciplined of defense in those types of games. Uh, but 
Yeah, and it's not to say that altogether basketball is bad at the high school level. I just mean, like, on a defensive end, uh, a lot of, like, the tape that I could find of Josh Christopher is very much in those, like, club-style games where mm-hmm. the offense is showcased a bunch, but I couldn't. I can't say much about the defense other than I saw him block some really cool shots and get a, cool, a few, like, sweet steals, like getting in the passing lanes and stuff. So, uh, But offensively, I do believe that he is a guy where he could play on an elite team in college basketball and be the best scorer on the team uh, or be the best guard on the team. I, uh, Yeah, he's that type of player. Like, I mean, there's a reason he's the number 10 player in the country. Yeah, and, and, and that's so exciting um, to be able to, you know, to watch that last night and, and see all the experts point at Michigan as the as the team that's going to scoop this kid up. And even I was, you know, I, I, I DM'd you that afternoon. I was like, if he ends up not committing today and, like, is just, like, leading everybody on, I was I even said, like, Michigan can have him. Like, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. And, I mean, now I'm like – completely flipped i'm like i'm super stoked about this um you know for me i'm but i'm I, fine with it because like i think sometimes i'm so used to like my whole life having these college guys be older than me um uh, and then even being the same age as me and now it's like okay i've kind of aged out of like the like these these guys as far as i am older where it's like yeah i mean if you're 18 years old i i would completely be that indecisive or maybe i'd have a decision but be like oh but how do i want to announce it and you know i i would probably tease way too much too like in that position i think it's almost hard to not like tease and have fun with it if you're him um and maybe he already had his mind made up maybe he didn't have his mind made up maybe he was waiting on someone to edit a cool video for him to announce his commitment (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm sure uh, whoever made that had plenty of time to make it. I mean, what else could they be doing? <laughs> I know. Everybody in America is at home right now. Yeah, so I I, 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 I wasn't upset about it because I was like, ah, let him have his fun. Like, I don't care. And, and I wouldn't have been upset. If he chose Michigan, I wouldn't have been surprised. And I think that's why I was so happy when he chose Arizona State because, like, it was a bit of a shock to me. You know, uh, like I was not expecting that. It's like if you got a check of a thousand dollars, but I mean, it's because it's from your job and you worked for a couple weeks or whatever. And like, yeah, your check is supposed to be a thousand dollars anyway. It's not exciting. But then if randomly you just like got a check at the door for a thousand dollars and you weren't expecting it at all, I mean, that's like a, that's that's a big deal. That's something that you'd be pretty pumped over. I mean, to some people, a thousand dollars is not a lot. To me, it's actually quite a bit of money. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. No, yeah, that I I like that. Yeah, because it's almost sweeter because we didn't think it was gonna happen. Yeah, it's like if it was a done deal. Um, like if I were a Michigan fan, for example, and then he announced Michigan, I'd be really pumped. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> So, uh, and yeah, in this case, I think Michigan actually just lost another one of their five-star guys, Um, Todd. Isaiah Todd, um, another five-star guy. He just decommitted, and he's going to play professionally for a year, you know, like sub-NBA. I don't, don't, you know, I I don't, I'm not too knowledgeable on what he can do, but I know some guys are starting to do that. Um, So he's going to play like semi-pro ball for a year and then enter the draft after that. 
Yeah, I don't care what universe you're from. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, my, my other question, Caleb, um, is looking forward at you know as a whole onto the future now. You know, looking past Josh Christopher and into the future recruits. What the you know what does this mean for the program just in general? Now that you know we have the capability to pull a a top ten, you know, national rank uh, recruit. You know, this is actually something that I gave a lot of thought to uh, a few months back when, like, we, I think it was when we first talked about Josh Christopher, and then we went to the Oregon game, and Josh Christopher was at that one, I believe. Um, He was, yep. And, yeah, so I was like, wow, that is huge for him to be there and see this and be a part of this. And um, so I kept thinking that – I don't know. I, that 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 kept going around my mind where I thought, what if we actually got this guy? Because I think of the excitement that the team had. I guess back when James Harden was there, there was an exciting stretch where I, you could say they actually no, they they, they underperformed in a way. They, I think they could have done more, um, but still, yeah. James Harden brought it a was lot. Kind of, it, it, he brought a lot of excitement to Tempe when he was here. He, yeah, and having Harden here was kind of like LeBron in the early years in in Cleveland. Yeah, it's kind of like his back hurt after after a little bit because he was just carrying everybody. Yeah, and uh, then you know the Jahi Carson years were exciting. I mean, it was his first year was really exciting. Then his next year was like, well, there was like no progression for the team really. If anything, it was like a slight step down. They're still okay. They're still pretty good, but um, but with this one, it's like we didn't land just like one James Harden. We also have another like five-star guy um, mm-hmm. in, in Marcus Bagley. So, uh, and I kept thinking about what does it mean to get not just one five-star in Marcus Bagley, who at the time we got him was a four-star, then he was upgraded to five-star. So it's like, okay, yes, he's technically five-star, but he was four-star like when he uh, committed to Arizona State, to my knowledge. Like unless I'm unless I'm rewriting, he was. You're right. Yep. Um. But yeah, just the idea of getting two five stars is like that would mean so much to this program. Uh, first off, you're talking potentially more ESPN games. Should be more ESPN games. Uh, having two five star guys. You're talking about a uh, a program that's now like, oh, we can get these five star guys, and other five star guys around the country who may be contemplating Arizona State, uh, even if it's just in their top ten, they now see a school that just landed two five-star guys. Um, They've made the tournament a few years in a row, or a couple years in a row this year. I mean, we probably would have made it, you know. Um, Probably. I don't know. I I don't want to speculate too much there. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, we made the tournament. And we also made the Sweet 16, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, it, you know, no pun intended. And, and you know, actually, that was something that I I wondered. I said, how will this whole COVID thing affect recruiting? And it made us miss out on that Cliff guy, Cliff um, Amari or whatever his name is. Yeah, Cl- Cliffo. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, he had said, yeah, Arizona State was the team, but then with all this, I wanted to play closer to home, and he chose what, like Rutgers or something. Yeah, which you know he's from Jersey, um, and Rutgers is very close to home. So, yeah. and he did cite that how like with everything going on, 
yeah. why you wanted to be closer to family. So I remember being a little upset because that guy was like not a done deal, but it was like uh, a lot of people were pretty certain he was going to choose Arizona State. Um, so that was that was something that bummed me out, and I said, oh, man. like, And then I wondered, will this affect us with Christopher? Because part of it, I thought, well, the games he went to were great. He never, I don't think, went to like a really bad loss. Um, to my knowledge, like he, he went to some of the more exciting games and I thought, well, <laughs> this is a terrible way to think, but as much as like, we won't be able to have him on, on like the recruiting trail, as much as he won't be able to come to like some big, exciting possible like tournament games or whatever. Um, he also missed out on maybe some potentially disappointing losses <laughs> i mean there's a chance <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> if, if, like if we had finished out the season terribly you know um and had like a you know we lost the first game of the pac-12 tournament or whatever like if something like that had happened i think that would have hurt our chances of getting him whereas the fact the pac-12 tournament never happened <laughs> um <laughs> You know, as of right now, it's like you, you oh, were saying man. you were saying a minute ago, you're like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we made the Sweet 16. <laughs> and it's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, Josh Christopher can use his best imagination. Like, hey, you know, he went to some exciting games. He saw a team that was winning games without really any, like, big-time guys on the team. Like, our big-time guy, Lou Dort, left <laughs> um, after his yeah. first year. And then Zylan Cheatham was our next best player. He graduated, left us with Remy Martin, who, uh, I mean, at times he was our best player last year, but probably the best, most consistent with Cheatham was Cheatham. Um, and then Dort mm -hmm. at times was the best, he was the best prospect. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It was like, this was the year where we could have been really good. We also could have been not so good. And I... And at the start of the year, it looked like we were going to be not so good. And then we kind of figured it out. And look what became of it. We landed Marcus Bagley and Josh Christopher. I think it means a lot to the program to get these guys. It means a lot for future recruits, um, for anyone thinking about transferring to Arizona State also anyone in the transfer portal mm -hmm. they now see yeah, that's, oh my gosh i think that's the big one yeah yeah because there's some talent in the pool right now well yeah i mentioned i think i i, I dm'd you uh the one guy at um is it purdue? Uh -huh, purdue purdue yeah yeah and um they're four the guy with the blonde hair who always has his hair <clears> done yeah yep um gosh let me i i i got are we gonna matt, are we gonna pull matt up harms. with that description matt, not matt specific harms. enough for people Oh, that's it. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's pronounced arms, but it's spelled H A A R M S. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, that guy. I've watched him play. He's in, he's incredible. He's he's freaking amazing. Um, so, you know, you open up the possibility of getting a guy like that to transfer. I mean, Arizona State is like one of like 20, 30 schools on his list. But you absolutely open up the possibility of getting a guy like that in the transfer portal, which you kind of need. If Romello leaves, or even if Romello comes back, uh, that guy would be a very good four to have on the team. You know, it's like instead of playing like a Tayshawn Cherry or maybe going small ball having Bagley at the four because he is more of a wing forward type guy where it's like, yeah, he could play the four or having Kamani at the four. You could potentially have a true yeah. four there and play Romello at the five where it's like yeah Romello is not the biggest guy to play at the five but he holds his own pretty well he does a pretty good job mm -hmm. 
And so then you're talking about yeah. um, if you landed a guy like hypothetically, if you landed a guy like them, the transfer portal, whether or not Romello comes back, you still you, you either have a five in Jalen Graham. That's why I want Romello back is because I'd rather have Romello starting at the five than Jalen Graham. I think Jalen Graham can be very good, but I don't know if he's ready to start next year. I'd like him to prove me I'd wrong. Agree. I'd love to, him to prove me wrong, actually. But, you know, it's just uh, I, I'd i prefer for either Remy or Romello to come back. Preferably Romello, probably, actually, for me. Um just because landing I think I think yeah I think if I think Romello leaves the bigger hole um on the roster than Remy does yeah because um I mean but both are gonna both leave a gap um in something that weakens the team if, if they leave and again that's their choice I I get that but um I think Romello leaving leaves a little bit more of a of a talent gap than um than what Remy does and, and that's obviously of course because we just shored up the guard position with Christopher last night yeah, I, I, because as of right now, it's like well, with Romello leaving, we've got Jalen Graham basically is our is our big. That's it. Um, like, and, yeah. and then on the other side, um, if Remy leaves, okay, well we got Jalen House, Lonzo Verge, who we've seen can play big minutes and be very good. Both of them actually, but especially Verge can be a guy who can score and play big minutes. Got Josh Christopher. And then, you know, uh, I, I doubt Caleb Christopher plays very much, but he was on the team last year, and he is a returning guard. Um, so, yeah, to me, it's like you still have guards, uh, whereas without mm-hmm. Romello, you really don't have a, a big. You have Jalen How- yeah. Uh, yeah, you have uh, I mean Jalen Graham, excuse me, and that's about it. So that's the, my only concern is we either need a very good guy in the transfer portal, which actually I think we have a good chance of getting a good transfer now having these two five-star guys, or we need Romello to come back, or both, because both can happen. Yeah, yeah, and so with you know let let let's go ahead and dive in. Um, just talk about the roster news. So we we have Caleb. I, I'm going to call it three and a half um, key losses. Well, okay, key transfers to start with. First off, um, Elias Valtanen, um, who I on this show have not been discreet on not liking, and, and so I'm sorry, Elias. Happy you're you're no longer on the roster. Um, the one that hurts, um, you know, we lost Khalid Thomas. He went up to Portland State. Um, you know, he he hit the game winner against uh, Princeton last year. He hit a, you know, he's he was really good from from the wing. Um, good three point shooter. That hurts. We also lost Andre Allen. Um, he played just marginal minutes at the beginning of the year. He was hurt uh, the, the rest of the season, um, so we ne- never got to really see him. Um, and then we also lost Kyle Fight, who was a non-scholarship player. So, again, that's my half, just a, just a different uh, loss there. And, and then our, our graduate losses, you know, we lose Mickey Mitchell. We lose Rob Edwards, two starters. Um, that, that's tough. And then, of course, you have Remy and Romello in, in the, the NBA draft process. And so, yes, for those listening at home, both can come back. They're both still eligible. Um, they can even hire a NCAA-approved agent and still be eligible next year. So, again, I don't know. And, Caleb, this is something I, I, I want you um, – I'm going to ask you is I see oh, – I mean, definitely – Romello, um, I honestly think Romello is probably more likely to come back than he is to stay in the in the pro in the draft process. I think I think Remy's gone. 
I would love to say otherwise, but I think he's gone. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm in the same. I do think Romello's more likely to come back, um, especially now seeing like kind of what's taken place. I think he would be um, a little more keen on coming back. Um, I don't know for sure that Remy's gone. I do think that there might have been some things late in the season that affected uh, as far as like he had a couple really bad games and basically got booed on his home court. And I don't know if that played any impact on him saying, you know what, I'm just going pro. But I, I like for me, that would be a factor. If I was someone who did what I did at Arizona State um, for you know a few years and was like as good as I was and gave as much as I did, to be booed on my own home court would be something that I'd be like, you know what, I love I love being a part of this, but I think I'm done here. Like I think it's time for me to move on. Um, so that I, I like I don't know if that's just me going crazy here, but for me that would absolutely have played an impact on me. Uh, yeah, leaving. I would too. Um, I can definitely see that coming in because, I mean, we heard it. Yeah. Um, and and that's, I mean, for a guy that really is is the heart and soul of this team this year especially. Um, and is so well liked, especially young among younger fans, but. Again, as a whole, I would say nearly everybody who's an ASU fan loves Remy. And for for that to happen, you know, it, it, Remy's, you know, we've, we've known this since he was a freshman. He's going to throw up shots that kind of make you pull your hair out. He's going to hit some. He's going to miss some. And there were a couple games where he missed a lot of them. And to hear that, that frustration and anger come out, um, from from a live crowd was, I'd say not only disappointing but, I mean, almost a little heart wrenching to 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 see that you know especially I mean the kid's what nineteen twenty years old, <laughs> I mean what are you doing <laughs> I mean how can you boo a guy that's putting his a nineteen year old that's putting his heart on the line out on the, out on the court I mean that's for me that's tough. No yeah absolutely and so that's like one thing where I said was it. Was it just that he wanted to go pro, or was it also that he kind of was done at Arizona State? So I think if it was, if it is just, because um, I think for Romello, uh, that Romello just wants to test the pro market. I think with Remy, it, there might be two different variables there, and it's like, well, um, one variable might be that he at that point is just like, you know what, I've given everything I have here, and I, I, I might just, I might just be done with this like playing for this program love the program but i think it's time for me to move on um so that's why i would say romello is more likely to come back is because i don't think romello has any reason to have any hard feelings towards arizona state i think uh fans have pretty much treated him well i think he's been in a good situation to succeed and so he would be more likely to come back whereas with remy it's like ah there was that at the end of the season where that would have rubbed me the wrong way. So for that reason, I do think that it would be more likely that Remy leaves because it's like even if he sees that there's – the only way he comes back, I think, is if there's like zero, zero market for him at the NBA level, mm-hmm. which I don't quite think would be the case. <sighs> like, I don't know. I see guys – It's so, it's so tough with his type of player. Yeah. I'm, I, don't, I don't know what, what the market would look like for him. 
because to me, it's like, well, you know, I see guys like T.J. McConnell playing NBA minutes on playoff teams. T.J. McConnell, a guy can't really score. He's a pretty good passer, good defender, but he's undersized. Um, not very athletic either. But it's like, well, T.J. McConnell plays NBA minutes on playoff teams. He's like a rotational player on playoff teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, could Remy Martin at least do that? Like, I think he provides that type of energy, but I think he's a much more gifted offensive player. Um, he's at least as good of a passer, probably. I mean, I, he probably doesn't. He probably does a few more head scratching things a game, but to me, it's like ah, I could I could see Remy. Uh, I don't think there's much of a market for him just because like he's not a supreme athlete with like you know great size and length necessarily. Like uh, he's not a great shooter. Like there's a lot of things about him that aren't necessarily great, and I don't think they'll ever be great. Uh, but a guy that plays as hard as him, and he kind of is a pretty crafty guy. Where I say, well, I could see him playing on like a on like a two way contract somewhere. So, yeah, I'm not like completely. Uh, whereas Romello, it's like uh, you're a six eight yeah. six eight forward who can't shoot. Um, your, can't your, shoot. your post game's doesn't okay. have great mobility. Yeah, post game's okay, but it's not great. You're not a very good shot blocker. I don't know what the market would be. I don't think there's a market for that type of player. And that's you know, no, I'll, I'll I'll do respect to Romello White. Love Romello, but it's like you gotta um, if you can't shoot and you aren't a great shot blocker and you're a four because um, in the NBA at his height he's not a five. He's yeah. a four. He's definitely not a five, but he has the mobility of a five. He he's gonna get, he's gonna get exposed if he has to play that four spot. Yeah, I just I don't think there's a market for that type of player, and I think he'll I think he'll probably figure that out and uh, hopefully come back for another year. But yeah, I, I do think I, that Romello is most likely to come back. Remy, I'd love for him to come back, but if there is any like hard feelings between him and maybe the fandom or anything, I think no matter what, he's gone. But that's just. I don't know it just depends if that variable exists. Um, it, like right, yeah, we're 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 speculating right yeah. here. We have no idea. Yeah, no um, idea. We're just it's it's a variable. It's something that that happened and and it was something we needed to talk about. But one one thing, Caleb, that I think um, was interesting. Um, so so someone interviewed, I, I forget who it was, but somebody interviewed Bobby Hurley about um, you know Remy and Romello declaring, and he said something which I thought was very interesting. And he said, you know, I, my perspective on the whole draft process is go get, you know, get the perspective. Um, and if you're not getting the prediction that you're going to be, he said, he said, if you're, if you are getting the prediction, you're going to be undrafted or not drafted in the first round, then my advice is always to come back for another year enhance your your prospects and then you know try it again and i think that second part was very important and so it's you know it's i think it's almost learning from lou dort and xylan cheatham who xylan was getting predictions of being a late second round draft pick and lou dort was you know kind of later first maybe borderline early second pick and both of them got undrafted um now looking forward of it that doesn't mean you can't have an nba career because xylan's playing on a two-way um contract and he's played up with the pelicans and 
Ludor has a starting position for the Thunder right now, you know, if they were still playing. Um, and so, it, again, not saying it's not possible, but I think it's, 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 impo- it's interesting to see the coach say that. Um, and so I think that that might help, again, if it's not, if they're not flying, you know, flying off the table here with the predictions that, uh, hey, you got a home here at ASU, come back, continue to, to hone your craft, um, and then go back at it again next year. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, I, I just, in the NBA draft all the time, it's like, with all the people that have declared for the draft, they all get told they're like, oh, you know, you might be a late first rounder or something, and they go undrafted. And that was the case with mm-hmm. Jahi Carson. Um, Brandon Clark at Gonzaga last year was supposed to be a top 10 pick. He went like 22nd or 23rd in the draft. Luka Doncic was thought as a first or second pick. He was either fourth or fifth in the draft. Um, so yeah. that, that, I mean, essentially he fell about twice as much as he was expected to. Then there are guys that are told, you know, late first round, early second round, uh, Lou Dort, Zylan Cheatham, Jahi Carson, uh, undrafted. And, you know, that's just, it, it's what sucks about the system. But at the same time, at least now guys are able to get a better idea before returning to school, um, be, you know, uh, as opposed to just declaring for the draft going and, and going undrafted because no one was interested. They at least can get a better feel for the market now than they used to. But I still I still hate that um, where, you know, a guy like Remy, if he went undrafted and then no one wanted him, he would not be able to come back. Like if I know. Yeah, like if that that's so tough. Yeah, like that. I, I do hate that. Um, like I get why the rules there, but still. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with Bobby on that one where. If you are not a lock, if you don't, if you are not for sure, I, I, I would not risk it if I were them. And so that's why I do think it's very likely we get at least one back. I'm 100% sure we at least get one of them back, actually. Well, 99.9%. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I won't say 100, because if I say 100%, then if I'm wrong, I'm an idiot. Whereas, then it's not going to happen. It's like, well, yeah. I did say there's a 0.01% chance I'm wrong. I mean, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I do think we'll get at least one back, but uh, I'd prefer both. But, yeah, who knows? It's all speculation at this point. Yeah. We have no idea. That's it. We, You know, there, only time will tell. Um, and we don't even know if the NBA draft is going to be on time this year um, with everything with the virus going on. It, that might push the draft back, which will – push the deadline to come back to school back, which will postpone transfers and making their decision. It's all screwed up. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is certain. But it's a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, um, I think think we'll kind of end it there. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. A um, little quarantine content here for you. Um, Caleb, as always, uh, thanks for joining in. Hope you're staying safe and healthy, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, th- th- this this was a very nice change of pace from my usual daily routine. So, yeah, I'd be napping about now um, while the office played in the background. So this is this is far more interesting for my day. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, and well, to everybody, honestly, exciting stuff. Hope everyone's staying healthy. But exciting stuff is going on in the valley. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Forks up.